Live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet hosted by secret blobby aliens. Blobby. Uh, I like saying blobby. Especially wait, we just revealed our secret. Pro- <gasps> Delete this immediately. Oh <laughs> this is not the noobs and the Whovian. <laughs> my name is Austin and I'm the Whovian. And these are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. And they are very good at waiting for their cue because I just stopped talking. <laughs> 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 Corbin just... When the blobby just, aliens like your eyes got so big, like uh, uh, <laughs> is he going to say the rest? Hey, this is the podcast introducing a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before and, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. So, welcome to episode number one thirty-five, covering series nine, episodes seven and eight: the Zygon Invasion and the Zygon Inversion. Well. These are the two where Doctor Disco and Clara stop a war between the Zygons and the humans for like the fifteenth time. Yeah, that was an interesting yeah. twist reveal at the end, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> that's what, what he said the like last 15 times. times. I, no, he yeah, he said 15. Yeah, he said uh, that's what you said the last 15 times. I have a question about that. Should we talk about it now or should is there is there I don't know that it's going to come up again. I kind of thought well. he was joking about that, like making a joke. Oh no, I think it was definitely the case. However, oh. uh Bonnie said you didn't wipe my memory and mm-hmm. basically I guess it was like, yeah, cuz like you needed to learn the lesson. So, wait a minute. Was Bonnie the instigator the other 15 times? I doubt or that. Or was it always a different group of Zygons? Or I would imagine. Mm. Like, what? Okay. That was the only question I had. A different group of four or five Zygons who want to be the <laughs> Yeah, that are going to ruin yeah. the lives of 20 million Zygons and 7 billion humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, this was story number 258, originally airing October 31st, which means it's a Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Oh, it featuring is. Featuring people... That look like things that they're not. Whoa. Whoa. The Zygons are the ultimate yeah. Halloween costume. <laughs> so wait, 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 wait. Does that mean does that mean next year for Halloween we can just dress like ourselves and say we're Zygon duplicates of ourselves? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it aired October 31st and November 7th, 2015 to 5.76 and 6.03 million viewers. Written by Daniel Netheim. Netheim? Uh-huh. I should I should start having Google tell me how to say these. And directed by uh, Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat. I think that's backwards. That's backwards. Is there an order? It was written by Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat, directed by Daniel Netheim. That's that's my bad. Uh, interestingly enough, Steve, I think it was um, episode one is credited as written by Peter Harness. Episode two is credited as written by Peter Harness and Stephen Moffat. So that, that was interesting to me that Moffat only jumped in on the, the second episode. I don't, I don't understand that at all. So, mm. um, under the cast section this week, we have to talk about Osgood. This is actually the uh, not the first time we've seen Osgood, but I think I think the episode where we saw Osgood last, there was so much else happening. <laughs> we, yeah. Yeah. we we didn't have time to talk, talk about, her. about her. And and actually, no, I take that back. This was the third time, right? Was it? Yeah, because we had her in the Day of the Doctor. Where we had the Zygons. Mm-hmm. Then we had her in... The one with Missy. The one with Missy. Yeah. yeah what was, it? was that Death in Heaven? Right? Where we finally... I guess. One yeah. of them. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, because yeah, that's the one she died in. She didn't die in the Day of the Doctor. Right, but I mean, you know what, though? That wasn't Death in Heaven. It was, uh, it was, it was, the, it was the season opener the, the next se- of this season. Yeah. Was it this season? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the yeah. season opener for this season where Missy's back. Basically, mm-hmm. so we thought Missy had died, and then she came back, and then Missy killed Osgood, and then in, the, in this episode, Osgood is back. Osgood is played by. We'll get into Osgood. Don't <laughs> you worry, listeners. We've got multiple sections on Osgood. Um, she was played by Ingrid Oliver, 
And uh, the only thing of of big note that I noticed was uh, that she is in the Dirty Rotten Scoundrels reboot called The Hustle with Re- uh, Rebel Wilson and Anne Hathaway. Um, this was uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels is one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, mm. ma- like probably right up there with The Princess Bride. Like Princess Bride number one with a bullet. Uh, <laughs> Dirty Rotten Scoundrels definitely top five. And mm. The Hustle was a a reboot retelling type of thing. And instead of it being Steve Martin and the other guy whose name I can't think of, it is Rebel mm-hmm. Wilson and Anne Hathaway. And Ingrid Oliver is in that movie. Huh. Apparently. <laughs> Just don't she know is in she that is. movie. Yeah. Uh, I even got the name and I can't even think of the name all of a sudden now. Uh, it looks Br- like Brigitte she was a background character. Des Hardeen or something. And yeah, it's like maybe she, she in the one picture that I could find of her in the movie, she looks like a bodyguard at the bottom of a mm-hmm. flight of stairs. So I have no idea beyond that. Like I, it was not like I recognized her when I watched that movie neither did Corbin. No. So, um, but at any rate, uh, there you go. She was in that movie. So. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, News in the Hoovian is brought to you by Google Fi. Uh, that's right. Google has their own cell phone service. Um, I say that like it's a surprise every week, and I've been saying yeah. it for like three months. But Google <laughs> Fi, <laughs> Google does have their own cell phone service. Um, for just $20 a month, you can get unlimited talk and text, and then just $10 uh, per gig of data. And again, it charges you down to the megabyte. So if you use, you know, one meg, you will pay one penny. It's amazing. Uh, so then, for all those people who... Who need, who need to check their email once yeah. and not actually open the email once a month. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what you, for anybody who needs to get the title of a Microsoft Word document, <laughs> not the actual document, just look at the title. You can get that at Google Fi for one cent. For one cent. Uh, and then you can add on lines for just $15 a month. And again, everybody shares a, a big old bucket of data. It's really awesome. So head over to noobsandthehoovian.com slash fi and you'll get $20 off of your first month. We'll get a little bit of support for that as well. And uh, you will have a great cell phone plan because we've been enjoying it. Our whole family uses it. Uh, well, with one exception. One one guy's not, not quite old enough for a phone yet, but <laughs> he'll get there eventually one yeah. day. We've already got his number picked out. Anyways, uh, noobsinthehoovian.com slash fi. Get $20 off of your first month. So that brings us down to the uh, checklist. The name of the episode spoken in dialogue. These names are a lie. Oh gosh! There was no invasion. <laughs> there was there was a tremble in your voice that uh, yeah. spoke of they just were lying, shit. a lie. I tell you. <laughs> okay, I definitely didn't sound like that. No, not, it wasn't. It wasn't that bad. He didn't sound like an eighty-year-old woman. Um, no, but uh, why was it a lie? There was no invasion. They were already on the planet. I mean, oh but, my gosh! But 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 but. Okay. But, 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 but shut but, up! You know but, you're wrong. <laughs> But one person turned back into a Zygon, so it's an invasion. That's right. It looked. It, it would have looked like an invasion. You know, I don't think yeah. this is in the notes, so I should mention it. And I said this to Dad during the episode. I'm pretty sure in a universe where we know aliens exist, right, would just ye- y- yield yield Whoa. even more fake alien videos. I would absolutely oh, yeah. not trust anything unless the government said we're being invaded right now. Right. Like, yeah. Um. In reference to the cell phone video popping up on the internet, <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and like the, the news, news network just picking it up and running with it, I was like, immediately, what, was, a, like 10 what appears after? what appears to be a man in a rubber suit is obviously, most definitely, an alien invasion. <laughs> a blobby-looking dude with like <laughs> octopus suckers all over his head 
is definitely real. Uh, yeah, anyways. Uh, so that brings us to the creature of the week, the Zygons. Um, so, uh, hmm. I have a note here that says, the Osgoods were both human and Zygon simultaneously. I don't know why I put it there. You know what? I think I put it there early on in the episode. And then yeah. my, my notes on Osgood kept expanding. I don't and so, think they really were, though. Because there clearly was. What were what? Uh, were, were, were both at the same time. Because one was human said? and one was Zygon, but neither would say which. And but didn't... didn't didn't the doctor say that at one point that they were I don't understand both simultaneously? I think he was saying like not they were both actually like a mix between Zygon and human, but like they represented the mix okay. between the Zygons the, right. and humans. I'm pretty sure that the doctor said they were both human and Zygon simultaneously like a hybrid. Yeah, but then for the rest of the two episodes he continuously is asking which one are you yeah uh okay yeah and the way she was responding wasn't i'm both okay it's we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves that. we have a whole section on this so i don't want to linger on it here so jiggery pokery uh the tardis stands for totally and radically driving in space that was dumb. why <laughs> why doctor why why did he i don't know <laughs> Why, Dr. Funkenstein? Okay, a, uh, we'll get back to that. Um, a, how in the world, I'm with the doctor on this one, how did Osgood not know that? How was that not yeah. in the files? Yeah, right. It's like knowing that he has a sonic screwdriver. <laughs> you know what the TARDIS stands for. It's like knowing that the TARDIS is blue. Like, it's just a thing. It's part and parcel with the doctor. But anyways, yeah. so totally and radically driving in space yeah. Was dumb. Uh, the Sonic. Uh, Osgood says, Sonic Specs, isn't that a bit point pointless, like a visual hearing aid? I thought that was great. Because <laughs> I honestly, I've seen this episode, and I still, I kind of forgot about it, and I have not put that together until she said that. <laughs> That's fantastic. Sonic Sunglasses is redundant. Dumb. And, yeah. A, it's dumb, as we've discussed. And then B, what? <laughs> it's like a visual hearing aid. Uh, to which the doctor says, what's wrong with Pointless? I once invented a, an invisible watch. Spot the design flaw. <laughs> to which Corbin pointed wow. out the depths of that joke. What? Do you remember? Oh, I said you can't see the design flaw, but it is <laughs> obvious what it is. <laughs> right. Which is that. So he asked you to spot the design flaw in an we invisible watch. You literally can't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then we did have setting 137 for using the sonic sunglasses to unlock a van door that that is that is setting 137 just, just remember that for just later in case you were wondering okay if you yeah. ever come across if, exactly. sonic specs and yeah. need to get into a van you know what setting to go exactly so. you're all you're all good to go what, what happened to what happened to point and think yeah what yeah. do you have to point and think after you put it on setting 137 <laughs> that's how you open a car door no, you have Anyways. to point and think setting 137 hey we got some uh jibberty jabberty i had to throw this back on the list just to say this line it's a control computer you operate it by titivating the fronds are we allowed to say that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh yeah that was one where i was like "Ooh, uh, uh what did, i'm sorry what did he say <laughs> i like had to rewind that one uh corbin what is a frond uh, it's the forehead and or equivalent part on an animal's body. The forehead? Yeah. Generally, I think it said generally they use that to refer to like an insect's center of its head. 
How does that what? line up with that control? <laughs> no idea. Because it was the it suckers. Has like it was 10 suckers. Foreheads. Wasn't it suckers? I mean, they yeah. have suckers he was on their foreheads. I, I don't think By they the way, did the same somewhere, research of that el- word. Uh, yeah, probably not. But somewhere else later on in the in the episode, somebody else said titivating. And I was like, <laughs> uh, it's just, you're getting a PG-13 rating, doctor. Uh, uh, let's see. I think that's it for the checklist. There wasn't, there wasn't a whole bunch of stuff there, but we did have some other stuff we noticed. Uh, the unit safe house had a painting of the first doctor on the stairwell. Yeah. And then opened up. Uh, yeah. What was funny was we were like, Ooh, were these eagle-eyed Doctor Who yeah. podcasters? It's that, like, oh no, because there was like a quick <laughs> yeah. whip pan of the camera, and we were like, oh, what was that? I, I actually, it. I actually was looking at my notes, and so yeah. you guys spotted it, and we're like, run it back, and I ran it back, and then we saw it, and I was like, ooh, good catch, guys. We will razzle dazzle the audience with oh, our yeah. quick oh. wit and spotting <laughs> of some. Oh, later on, it's going to be where they're hiding the safe, and there's going to be like a close up of it. Okay, that's pretty cool too. They're like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we made it obvious enough in the first episode. <laughs> right. That's right, because it was the first episode yeah. with the whip pan, it's and like then the second episode, the first second of the first episode. They're like, no one's gonna notice it. We have to make it in the foreground. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was a great painting though. Uh, let's see. Uh, he what now? Oh gosh, sometimes I have to. I, I need to get better at giving myself context because I rem- <laughs> I remember this, but. Uh, somebody said the doctor left us with an impossible situation. The doctor says, yes, I know it's called peace. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. okay, <sighs> I don't know that we, we don't really have a, let's talk about section for, for this idea, but this, I remember loving this story. I remember yeah. being floored by this story, being moved by it, uh, having it stick with me for a long, long time. I actually, it stuck with me so much that I forgot about the Zygon part of the day of the doctor. So when that was all happening, I was like, this didn't happen. This this was 12 that did this. Why is this happening now? Mm -hmm. I forgot that this was, this was sort of a sequel to that episode uh, of a, of a type. But um, when we got to the end of the first episode, so we watched the first episode, what Thursday night, Oh. And then yeah. we watched the second episode Saturday night or Saturday during the day or whatever. Thursday night, we got to the end and I was kind of let down yeah. because I was like, this did not hold up. Yeah. yeah. And it's now I'm remembering it's because all of it is the end. Yeah. When they're there with the Osgood boxes and you have to have the first, the first episode and the fir- and the beginning of the second episode, you have to have that to lay the groundwork but it's kind of a it's it's kind of a slog to get yeah. there, and in the same way that we talked about Interstellar being yeah. a, you know a two hour lead up to fifteen minutes of an amazing thing, but you have to go through those two hours. Now Interstellar had a lot more. Wow, it, it was a Dang. lot more interesting. And it was great, um, but this one I felt like the first episode. I was like, ugh, man. I was like, it is slow. What? Yeah, I'm going. What was I remembering? This it was so like amazing. And then and, and then we're watching this. Uh, <laughs> we're watching the second episode and I'm going, man, like what was it? And then we got to the Osgood box scene. Man, that and was the last like five minutes. Of the, the last episode. five minutes oh covered oh. like 30 no, minutes no, no, no. of stuff. Here's the thing though. That is a long scene. Yeah. It's not five minutes. That is yeah. a long scene, but it has to be. And they cover so, so yeah. much. The, the concept of the doctor saying, this is a microcosm of war. And he gives the breakdown of 
when you start out with war, you start out with the best of intentions, you are in the right, and it's going to be a glorious victory in the end. And you are not thinking about, and then he lists all the things, the people that are going to die, the, the hearts that are going to break, the tears that are going to fall, all these kinds of things. You're not thinking about that. And all of that leads up to what you should have done in the first place. Sit down and talk. So the doctor engineers the situation where they have to do that first because they have to sit down and talk in order to hit the buttons and start the war right? Like he engineered that whole thing. Like he's not going to let him just hit yeah. the buttons. They're going to have to talk to him. And that, that idea of the microcosm of war, because here's what, here's what he's saying. You start off with the glorious ideas and we're in the right, and it's going to be a glorious battle with a glorious victory, but then it turns into mayhem. And what he says is, no, 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 no. I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of winning a few battles and feeling like you you are waging a righteous battle. I'm going to bring you to the end of the war, which is either annihilation or peace. We're just let's just skip all the bull crap. Yeah. Let's skip all the the weapons build the up and the arms race stuff, the, the, yeah. the celebrations, all the fun all parts. All of that. Let's the skip. fun parts. Well, well, yeah, not only the fun parts, but also the downward the yeah, downward, the spiral downward spiral into chaos and mayhem and and agony. Let's just skip over all of that and let's say what war really is. It's either let's talk this out or let's kill each other. And we're going to do it with the push of a button. We're going to do it by just pushing the button and it's done and over with right now or we can figure it out. That's brilliant. That yeah. is brilliant. And that is that is it hits on so many levels about about what war is and it cuts through the bullcrap. It cuts through the the nationalism and the and the over hyped patriotism and the the chest pounding and all that kind of stuff and and then he and then by the way in the midst of of hashing all that out, he goes, let me tell you what war looks like. And he talks about his pain. He talks about, by the way, you know, this episode only exists in the shadow of the Day of the Doctor, right? Without that episode, this episode is not as powerful. Yeah. But yeah. when you, because I remember I paused it at one point and I said, okay, guys, where are we yeah. right now? Where are we in the in the in the life of the doctor? And and it is that. He went through all of that and he spent literally lifetimes thinking that he had wiped out all of his own people as well as the Daleks and dealt with all that pain and guilt and, and, and shame and all that and said, never again, not on my watch. And, and by the way, uh, Jenna Coleman is a freaking amazing actor. Yeah. She was brilliant in that scene as Bonnie. Because mm -hmm. first of all, we got to see Jenna play a different character. Yeah, you know, we've seen her uh, breakthrough role in the Avengers. Right? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> remember she was she was in like three yeah. minutes of a scene where they were having fun before he became Captain America. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. remember? Um, no, but we've we've seen her as Clara, and that is a fantastic character. But sometimes that's all you know that actor for. Here we got to see her be the villain. When you look at her face as the doctor is just lecturing her, there is, there is tight 
pursed-lipped contempt, with these undercurrents of shock and guilt that are playing through her eyes, go back and watch that scene. Just watch just him laying into Bonnie and watch Jenna Coleman's reactions. It is brilliant. And then we got on the other side of that and I went, oh, that's why I love this. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I love this episode because it's amazing. Um, Anyways, um, we were talking about stuff we noticed. (laughs) (laughs) The Black Archive has a Meyer helmet. That was That was brilliant. Just sitting casing. Yeah. Just sitting there, but by the way, sitting there very prominently. It was right over the doctor's shoulder for like a good 30 seconds. Yeah. That was, Which is that was great. interesting because did did Unit ever fight the Mire? Because when the doctor fought the Mire, it was like centuries ago. I well, don't presumably, presumably they found that. They, you know, it, some archaeologist dug it up or something <laughs> out of a shoulder's old village. In America? Uh, well, no, we don't no, know where no, those no, no, Vikings no. were. So. <laughs> Presumably, they were in Europe. I was I presumably, assumed. but the Vikings went like everywhere. Well, yeah, so but I'm, I'm really assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. The doctor says thinking is just a fancy word for changing your mind. Bonnie <laughs> says I'm not changing my mind. He says then you'll die stupid. Again, he was ah. not. Uh, he was not, not messing, messing around, around in this episode. Yeah. Not at all. Um, what is this, this one? Is mine? Okay, go for it. Uh, you, you can definitely tell how small this. Uh, What'd they call it? This splinter group was. Oh, yeah. When they erased the memory of like three people. <laughs> three and Zygons. And it's like it never happened. It never happened, yeah. yeah. Two Zygons in the leader of unit. And again, oh, it's like yeah. it never happened. Yeah. There were a couple of Zygons, uh, rebels who got killed along the way, but. but Even yeah. still, that was only like was four. A handful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, you could count them on two hands. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, is this next one you? Yes, also. The buttons said truth or consequences. Uh-huh. The group was formed after that, the boxes. That doesn't make sense. There's no reason why it would say that. Like, it was named truth or consequences because of the town that they went to and gathered in to make this plan. That's, they said that's why it was called truth or consequences. And they're like, oh, it's a really cool uh, uh, motto as well. Wait, they said that? Yeah, they did. That's why they went to Truth or Consequences, New Mexico. Yeah. No, no, no. What I'm saying is I I didn't realize that the group named themselves after the town. I would imagine. I doubt they gave themselves a name like that and then were like, oh, look, there's actually a town in New Mexico with the same name. We should go move there. That That would make more sense to me. But even still... Why does it say truth or consequences? It's not like the doctor yeah. had time. Okay, so here's here's I did have a uh, I had another issue with that. That I didn't even think about that. That's that's brilliant. Trip hit the nail on the head when he said the boxes were made before. Yeah, the, they've the been used Splinter like twelve times up. now. What did the other ones say? <laughs> uh, right, right. Um, so the doctor said uh, to to Kate. Uh, one button nukes London. The other button releases the whatever it was, uh, Z67 nerve gas that mm-hmm. kills all the Zygons. Um, but but you don't know which. And then he tells Bonnie, uh, crap, what was it? One button revealed all the Zygons. The other one, one made it so they can never be revealed. And the other one made it so that they locked into human form forever. That's right. Um, which, by the way, that the reason I'm having a hard time remembering that is because that was the second set of rules. Because yeah. the, originally we were told that the buttons did something else completely. But 
in my mind, he says, okay, one of them reveals the Zygons for who they are. The other one masks them as humans forever, but you don't know which one is which. And I thought, well, that isn't, that's dumb. The one that's called truth yeah. is going to be the one that makes them look like humans, right? Yeah, right. Because yeah. you're Absolutely. revealing the truth. Oh, oh, oh. You're revealing because truth. because the other button being consequences makes no sense unless it's actually the other way around consequence if you reveal them as zygons then the consequence is war but if you conceal them you're actually revealing the truth that the zygons just are humans anyway except that the box is empty in the first like, place so it's not, yeah so it doesn't yeah. go that deep <laughs> really so it doesn't, doesn't go that deep uh <laughs> What's this in my in my back here? Is that a? Oh, I'm sorry, Trip. Is this your knife? <laughs> Can you get that out for me. Thanks, thanks, thanks for that. Uh, so who's who? Um, I had a who is Osgood here until I realized, nope, uh, it, yeah. Osgood is the can we talk about section this week. So so who is Clara? Um, she's either on the tube or in outer space. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great <laughs> that uh, that that was on her. Uh, what was it? Her voicemail. Uh, she's either not, and oh, by the way, and so the gag there is, you're you're getting my voicemail because I'm not answering because I don't have a signal, either because I'm on the subway or I'm in outer space. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So that's that's a great uh, misdirect there. Of no, I'm totally not traveling around in space and time. That's crazy. So that's why I'm going to say it. Uh, then we said she's Bonnie. Uh, if she's got the ponytail, she's Bonnie. You, I think you guys pointed that out to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. My favorite example of this was when she walked by the mirror and again, was, I looked down at my notes. Dang it. Yeah. I looked at my notes. Oh, you know what I just thought of? She was walking past the mirror to go to the painting. Yeah. So both times the painting was coming into play. <laughs> I was too busy looking at my notes. Um, so both of you guys freaked out and were like, Whoa, run that back. And I was like, what? And I, and I ran it back and in the rewind, I saw what happened. So, so I knew what was coming. Yeah. So, but I forgot to vocalize that. I forgot, I forgot to say, oh, she was wearing different clothes because that's the other, that's the real Clara for some reason in the mirror. So then when I rewound it and we watched it, my reaction was she didn't have a ponytail. And y'all both looked at me and went, she was, was wearing, wearing different, different clothes. clothes. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, no. I, I, <laughs> I, like, I, I didn't get miss that, that part. <laughs> I didn't miss that part. I'm saying in addition to that, that Bonnie wears a ponytail and Clara doesn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Y'all were like, are you dumb? And you are know you... what I hate the most about that? Oh boy. Uh, this week's segment of Corbin. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, she came, she came out. I noticed it at the very end. It's like, oh, it's not Clara. And I'm like, oh, right. When she came out of the, um, the building or whatever, she put her hair up in a ponytail and it's right. been up in a ponytail. And Ever since. So it's yeah. signifying it's a different person. Right. And then I talked myself out of that because I'm like, no, if that's what they were actually going for, she would have walked out with a ponytail already tied up. And then that is been, what they were going for. We it, it would have been more subtle up that way. Her hair. Right. And that's what Corbin is saying like, is if what? she'd have walked out of the apartment without her hair up, it would have been more subtle. I mean, it's still subtle. I don't I, see I someone think, I know with a ponytail and think, you're an imposter. <laughs> <laughs> Mom walks out one morning wearing a ponytail. <laughs> She's been replaced by an alien duplicate. Um, no, I, yeah, that maybe maybe they were being too on the nose. Maybe they were they were they weren't trusting the audience enough. Because you're right, if she'd have come out with a ponytail, but they okay, her coming out and then putting her hair into the ponytail was the writers going, 
eh? Eh? <laughs> so, but yeah, it, it's, um, it would have, it would have been, it would have been, it would have shown more trust in the audience if they had not done that. You're right. Buddy. Yeah. Good point. Uh, the doctor <laughs> talks about Bonnie battling, you know, going into the mind of Clara Oswald. He says, that's the mind of Clara Oswald. She might not ever. Get that. <laughs> that was great. Um, let's see. What does my next note here say? Oh my <laughs> gosh. Clara is a baller. She is freaking owning the scene where she's talking to, to Bonnie on the TV and Bonnie is talking to her through the pod window yeah. and whatever. And so one of y'all pointed out that as Clara knows she's got the upper hand in the situation, she casually flops down on the couch and is reading the newspaper <laughs> yeah. like, I'm not paying attention to you. Okay. <laughs> And one of y'all pointed out the newspaper doesn't say anything. Yeah, it's, it's gibberish. Random word. So uh, I, I hesitate. No, I'm not going to do it. She, so she is doing the casual, I'm just going to read the paper because you're so insignificant to me. I would rather read the news. Mm -hmm. And then I pointed out the fact that Bonnie can't see her. <laughs> So she's not showing like. So it's even more of a power move. She's not showing off. She's just. She it, really does not care. She it's can even, care less. Yeah. It's even more of a power move to do that, mm. to show disdain and how little you think of someone by reading a newspaper in front of when them. When they can't even see. When they sue. can't even see that that's what you're doing. Like, <laughs> what a power move. That was awesome. I, that was, that's, that might be my favorite character choice that they've ever made with her. Uh. Uh, so who is the doctor? Dr. Disco? Dr. Funkenstein? Dr. John Disco? <laughs> and Dr. Puntastic. These are all dumb. <laughs> this is all dumb. Um, I love, I love the pun. I love the pun. When you invade a planet, don't forget to plan it or whatever. I forget exactly how he said it. Dad <laughs> butchered it like just immediately. Well, the pun got in, the, the pun got in there. The pun was fine. The fact that he goes, oh, it was a pun, Dr. Puntastic. I'm like, no, no why? Hey, Stop no. it. Like, why do you keep using? Uh, okay, I will say I, early early on, he called himself Dr. Disco. Okay, by the way, Corbin, I did, I did a quick Google of that, and there is a song by that name. I didn't, I forgot to go back and research <laughs> it. So that may have been what he was referencing there. And to then take that throwaway bit, which was not even a bit, like it didn't even make sense yeah. in the first episode. And then in the second episode for him to introduce himself to a police officer as Dr. John Disco. <laughs> Just. That's funny. That's a funny callback. But Dr. Mm -hmm. Funkenstein? Like, That's I feel like funny, but the doctor doing that is also it is still dumb. So cringy. It it's is still amazing. dumb. Um, Dr. Funkenstein, the fact that the doctor in these two episodes keeps throwing out potential uh potential nicknames for himself um and and i hate to tell you this this is not the last time oh my God. there's one egregious example <laughs> that i i honestly i don't remember a hundred percent of the context except that it ends up in the title of an episode oh my God. so so the whovians know what i'm talking about and I don't get it. I don't like, I don't even remember. And it's so dumb and it confuses you or it confused me. I'm simple. It confused me 
as I was coming up on that episode during my first watch through and saw that when you see the title with the cover artwork, it's very confusing. <laughs> so I apologize in advance. That is, that is, <laughs> unfortunately, that is coming. So Dr. Disco, Dr. Stupid Name, and Sonic's uh, Specs is, um, you know, doc, uh, the 12th Doctor's big uh, faults here. Um, he says he's got question mark underpants. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Yeah. Uh, you know, the, uh, Osgood says, you used to wear question marks. And he says, I never stopped. I have question mark underpants. Apparently, those made a, an appearance in a comic book. <laughs> oh, uh, there's a there's a okay. panel of a comic with the eighth doctor wearing uh, question mark boxers. Um, let's see. He, he says my name is. Well, you can call me the doctor. That was just a weird. That was weird, the way he did that. I've never yeah. seen him do that. Anyways, that was just an interesting one. Um, he speaks nonsense to distract companions from the danger. Osgood pointed, which this is out. Yeah. a well known trait of him. I never thought about it like that though. Like he's yeah. he, he was throwing out just silly stuff like th- this. This was the invisible watch bit. Uh-huh. And Osgood yeah. says, oh, you're speaking nonsense to distract me from the danger. It's one of your characteristic traits. Mm. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's very true, but I never thought about it. Uh, his smile is dazzling. <laughs> she says, I don't think I've ever seen you smile before, to which his reply is to flash the cheesiest grin. I know. And then say, it's dazzling, isn't it? And for some no. reason, it made me think of the toy Santa in the Santa Claus 2. <laughs> When he's like, you see, it just shines. Yeah. <laughs> That's it, I don't know why it made me think of that scene. Probably because we've just seen that recently. So. Uh, let's see. Oh, he spent a lot of time in London. She, He says, oh, London, what a dump or something like that. <laughs> to which she's like, I thought you liked London. He, You've spent a lot of time here. He's like, I've spent a lot of time getting kidnapped, shot at, and exterminated. It doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> it's still a dump. I was like, wow. Oh, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> he compares being in London to being kidnapped, shot at, and exterminated. No, he doesn't compare it to that. What he's saying is he when he's been. been in London, he has been kidnapped, shot at, and exterminated. <laughs> People are very nice. He uh, fought the Daleks on the streets of London in Classic Who. Multiple times. Uh, well, yeah. And that's the thing is, you know, like we always talk about how it's a movie about, oh, it's a movie. It's a TV show about all of space and time. And yet we keep ending up on Earth. Forget that. We keep ending up in the UK. Forget yeah. that. We keep ending up in London. And we think, oh, he must really love England. And the doctor's like, no, I hate it here. It's, it's a dumb. It's terrible. Every time I'm here, the, like, the world die. is ending and I'm getting shot at. And this. As we know, no the Earth loss. is indeed the center point of the universe. Uh, of time and space. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Absolutely. Um, oh, man. So getting getting back into our theme earlier, why does peacekeeping always involve killing? He says. Yeah. Yeah, sad doctor. Um, he said that Clara, the, the Clara being dead for quote five minutes was the longest month of his life. Right. So mm-hmm. when he thought Clara was dead, it was just, you know, oh my gosh. Uh, to which she said, it was only like five minutes, which is an exaggeration in and of itself. It was a lot longer than that. And he says, I'll be the judge of time. It's like, oh gosh, mm-hmm. like, the judge of time with, you know, like all capitalized sounds like an episode <laughs> that needs to be written. Time. That's right. With the kid doctor. Hey, oh, hey. 
Hey, we haven't ref- and the referenced the grandpa kid doctor companion or the, the grandpa companion. That's that's right. Uh, guys, Noobs in the Whovian is brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do the way they do, here's what you do. I finally got it. Uh, Took me a few months, but I got there. Finally got it. Uh, uh, head over to noobsinthewhovian.com slash support. And as we've said, just, just click on something. Just, you know. Scroll over there, just bang your face on the keyboard I didn't a couple say times. That. <laughs> The keyboard won't do you any good. The mouse. How about the mouse? Unless, I mean, I thought you were going to say on the screen. And I was like, not all computers are touch screens. So. <laughs> anyway. Hand your computer to your five-year-old. That's right. Whatever they click on, you have to buy. Uh, so if they, uh, yeah, there, there's stuff there. So you can go sign up for Google Fi. You can uh, buy something on Amazon, become a BritBox subscriber, anything like that. Uh, you can do a one-time donation through our PayPal, or you can do our favorite thing, become a ongoing monthly supporter through Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. Because, I mean, really, what that dollar mm-hmm. was going to end up stuck in the bottom of your pocket. You know, that digital money. It was going to go through. You were going to forget to take it out of your pants when you put them in the wash. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to get them out of the dryer. You're going to fold them up. You're going to put them away until next season. And mm-hmm. then not not next season of the podcast, but like, you know, summer. And then you're going to pull them out and you're going to find, you know what? Here's a dollar. It's been sitting here all year. I could have given this to Noobs and the Hoovian. But no, I've wasted it. <laughs> Waste. it's, I didn't even I didn't even get interest on it. And now <laughs> it's it's wadded up and it smells like downy. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Just send Cheeto the dollar dust on it and it went through the wash. It's all ripped up. What happens when you wash your clothes? Good grief, what do your pants smell like? <laughs> I pour Cheeto dust it's on it. <laughs> Why are the inside? Wait, 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 wait. wait. I'm I'm sorry, listeners. This this um this noobs in the Whovian support section has been interrupted by my obsession now to know why your pockets are lined with Dorito cheese. What are you doing? Are you eating Doritos and putting your hands in your pocket between bites? Is that why you never have a napkin while you're snacking? <laughs> We're watching a movie. You're eating snacks. You don't have a napkin because why I have it. pockets. Yeah. Oh my where, gosh. Where do you dump your <laughs> bunch of crap? Do you? <laughs> uh, head on over to noobsinthehoovian.com slash support and make the madness stop, guys. Uh, can we talk about uh, something Corbin wants to talk about? The interrogation uh, scene. Okay. Dumb for a few reasons. Okay. First of all, why did Bonnie have to interrogate Clara in the first place? Okay, did we have... All right, all right. What? <laughs> in See, they in said the day something. of the doctor. Hang on. In the day of the doctor, uh, Kate got duplicated, right? I don't know. Uh, Kate Lethbridge-Stewart, she got duplicated yeah. because a Zygon, the Zygon duplicate of Kate broke into the Black Archive or whatever it was because since she duplicated Kate, she also got the passcode or whatever, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Wasn't that what it was? Yeah. Okay. So, 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 so the precedent has been once a Zygon duplicates someone, they have all of their knowledge. They said that mm-hmm. in this episode. They say, but they have make to the keep duplicate. them alive to be able to access that knowledge. Clara was alive. Yeah. Also, the knowledge was already in her head. There's no new knowledge coming into it's, her head. It, yeah. For her to need to access. So, so are okay. Is it? Is it? I thought. Okay. I thought when a Zygon duplicates somebody. It's like copying and pasting the hard drive. Yeah. yeah right. right? You take all their memories and you dump them into the Zygon's memory, right? 
But now it sounds like, no, 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 that's not how it works. You, you just get an like option it. screen that <laughs> says, which files would you like to copy? And and the one that copied Kate in the first episode, back in the day of the doctor, was like, I'm definitely going to want those passwords. So let me click the yeah, folder man. that says unit passwords and copy all of those over. And then uh, later on, if I need any more information, I will come back. But that's dumb. Yeah. That's not what it seemed. It seemed like you get all of their memories and all of their personality and, and their even power. their asthma and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's right. not even just they it's not even just that they convinced Bonnie, oh, she has information that you're not able to access. She literally had information that Bonnie was not able to get to. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, she, How? she had to what? She had to oh, literally interrogate her. <laughs> What? Uh, no. I That's wish, not the precedent wish, you said. I wish there was some way, there was a, a sound effect or something that would do, that would convey to the listeners uh. what you just did with your hands. <laughs> That's what I just imagine people are table. doing when they say that sort of stuff. <laughs> That was great. Punch so, the okay, microphone. So that's reason number one that it's dumb. That's what, reason what, number one. What else? Her, 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 uh, <laughs> I can't speak. Her lie detecting method is busted sense. and stupid yeah. and doesn't make sense. Yeah. So uh, she, movie. Was, she was measuring heart rate, which they were obviously going for a polygraph test sort thing. Right. Which aren't 100% Polygraphs reliable measure, anyways. Okay, I'll get to that. Polygraphs <laughs> measure heart rate, blood pressure, uh, perspiration, skin conductivity. That might just be perspiration. I don't yeah, really know. This, your skin conductivity... Tells them how much you're sweating. Yeah, and your breathing rate. Right, which you already said. Yeah, and <laughs> polygraphs are not, not reliable. Court admissible. They're not court admissible. First of all, also they because they're unreliable. They're estimated to have about an eighty-seven percent success rate. <sighs> With all the stuff they're measuring, they're not perfect. She is using one of the like seven of the things her fingers. That it does. Yeah. Using her fingers, not like super delicate, super sensitive right. actual equipment. She's just putting her fingers on her wrist. Which, by the way, have you ever seen somebody manually take a pulse rate? It's terrible. Where they, where they do that. So what they do is they, One, they two, count three, how many four. times. Yeah, they count how many times your heart beats mm-hmm. for, I think it's for 12 seconds. And then you multiply that by five to get their beats per minute. Mm-hmm. So that means the whole time this conversation was going on, she, she, was, she was going, One. Two, <laughs> also, and, well, maybe and, she can just and tell. also simultaneously counting to twelve in her head because she didn't have a watch in front of her. So yeah, yeah. maybe also, she can just tell if it like slightly increases. I mean, some. not really though. Not to mention, they need to take they they they, they always ask you Easy questions. You Shut up. They always ask you questions they know the answer to, like what is your name? Yeah, to get your so baseline. that they can get a baseline. Right. Yeah. They also ask you questions you might lie about, so they can get what your baseline for lying is. And she just didn't do that. She's like, "Oh yeah, I, I'm gonna use your regular heartbeat as your baseline." Yeah. Not to mention, and I think this totally would have happened to Clara given the way she reacted. Some people's baseline gets all screwy because they get nervous. Because they're taking a polygraph test. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that'll just completely screw with it Wait as well. Wait a minute. I just thought of another reason that it's dumb. Why? Okay. So. Okay, never mind. I answered my own question. What? What was the question going to be? 
why was Clara able to read Bonnie's heart rate? She said that their, she said that their heart rates were were synced up beat for beat. So that also means that if Bonnie asked Clara a question that caused Bonnie's heart rate to increase, yeah. it would appear that Clara was lying because her own heartbeat was. So how do you even know whose yeah, heartbeat right? is increasing? Why? Yeah, that, yeah, like what? What if I have a heart attack? Does uh, well, Bonnie just die? <laughs> uh, apparently. Wait. Yeah. So if I find a knife there. Yes, if you kill yourself, you <laughs> kill the duplicate, apparently. But yeah, that but, make any but sense if you either. kill yourself in your own well, mind... Not, yeah, but that's not right, though, because one of the Osgoods died. Yeah. Huh. So their heartbeats weren't linked beat for beat in a way No, that- no, Osgood is still living without a heart rate. <laughs> <laughs> or well? no, the Osgood that died still has a heart rate. Oh, yeah, totally dead, but the heart's still, <laughs> still a-pumping. Not okay. to mention, they only introduced that fact so they could do this stupid interrogation scene. Yeah. Right. There was no and now it's, and now it's canon and they have to deal with that for the rest yeah. of the run of Doctor <laughs> Who. So speaking of Osgood and the duplicate, uh, first of all, just can we talk about Osgood? Who is Osgood? So first of all, she's flipping amazing. Do you guys love Osgood as much as I do? Yeah. Osgood is the best. She's my favorite. She's my favorite thing about the 12th Doctor's time, I think. Um, just awesome. Uh, the uh, I thought that the question marks were an interesting touch. I Corbin pointed out and was like, oh, she's got the question marks on her collar. And I was like, oh, yeah, she had that before because I thought she did. She didn't apparently because yeah. the doctor pointed it out. And she was like, oh, yeah, I thought it, you know, that was a nice touch or, or whatever. So she already had the scarf that was reminiscent of yeah. the fourth doctor's scarf. And now she's added on to that. She actually has the question marks. So this is the thing about this is the thing about uh, Osgood, and I guarantee you, somewhere out there, there's an entire blog dedicated to a fan theory yeah. that Osgood is the 27th incarnation of the Doctor yeah. or some <laughs> crap like that, because she is like trying to be the Doctor, yeah, in some ways, <clears throat> and um, that always intrigued me in the early in the first two episodes that we saw, right. In the day of the doctor, and then the episode with Missy that we can't remember which one it was. The, I, the witch is familiar, maybe, uh, or the the magician's apprentice. I think is what it was. In those episodes, I just am. I'm. 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 I'm glued to Osgood. Everything she does, I'm just fascinated by mm-hmm. this character. And then in this episode, they just make her amazing. The the what they did with the the duplicates and Operation Osgood and like. They just elevate her character to this amazing point that I can't get enough of. And I'm sad to say, I think we've gotten all of the Osgood that we're ever going to get. That's terrible. But um, she says the the whole idea of like, she says, you want to know what I am? I am the peace, human and Zygon. That's where the doctor says, like a hybrid. Her having this ambiguity. That's that's the whole thing, by the way, with the Zygons. By yeah. the way, do we get what the Zygons are a metaphor for? Uh, I don't know about in the 70s and 80s when they first introduced the Zygons, but do you get what they represent? No. So, okay, no. so I told your mom years ago, science fiction is at its best when it is acting as a mirror to society, but yeah. it's a veil. it is always a veiled mirror. The classic example is in Star Trek, the original series, you have they they go to a planet and they have these the the beings on this planet, the people on this planet are literally 
like with a hard line down their face, black on one side and white on one side. And I mean, I mean, chessboard, black and white, not, wow. not Caucasian, you know, like yeah. black and white. <clears throat> and there's two of them and they hate each other and they're at war with each other. And they're like, what is, you know, like, what is your beef with each other? And they're like, it's obvious. Can't you see? And they're like, nope, we just see some checkerboard looking dudes. And he says, he's black on the right side of his face and I'm black on the left side of my face. And the whole premise on this planet is that that right there has caused like a generations long war and they're on the brink of destroying each other. Wow. You know, and it is a not very thinly veiled jab at racism, Mm -hmm. right? We would look at those people and say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Meanwhile, yeah. some purple-skinned race of aliens lands here on Earth, and you're one shade of brown, and he's another shade of brown, and y'all are fighting about it? That's the idea, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, may, you take the stupid thing that you want to point out about humanity, and you make it an alien doing it. And you amplify and, it and make it sound ridiculous. Exactly. And you point that. out the flaws in it, which is you know, exactly what Kirk does. <clears throat> so, what are the Zygons? But, yeah, I don't know. I would venture that in the 70s, 70s and 80s, when they first had them, they were communists. First of all, they're literally red. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they are literally red, um, and they are among us. Mm-hmm. And you can't identify them. Because apparently in the 70s and 80s, communists were, were everywhere everything. in America. Yeah, that was yeah. that was the idea, right? And whether to what extent any of that may have been thought to be actually true, it was definitely a trope in every movie yeah. and TV show involving spies and everything. And Russia was the standard bad guy in so many movies for so long. And it was this idea of you can't see them because they're us. They look like us. It's the the movie, The Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's the same kind of thing. It's it's, and all that is is the same kind of idea where you duplicate these people, but they're zombie versions of the people, and you know, blah blah blah. So I would say the modern equivalent, as we're watching this now, would be not communists but terrorists. They look mm-hmm. like us. They sound like us. They talk. They're impossible on the surface to distinguish from us, but at their core of who they are. Evil. Yeah, like they're they're out to get us and they're going to destroy us from within and and all of this kind of stuff. And so to take that and crystallize it in this this way that they do. And, and remember remember when the doctor 10 and 11 did this with the war doctor in the day of the doctor where they made them uh forget who was who. So yeah. you had two versions of Kate. One was a Zygon, one wasn't. And he wiped their mind to the point where neither of them knew which one was which. All of a sudden, they were willing to work with each other. All of a sudden, they were willing to see past their differences and, and come together. And so they take that idea and elevate it in Osgood, where she is the definition of the indistinguishability of the two, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. She is both. So get over it. The doctor says, who are you? Which one are you? What is her consistent? By the way, every time she gets asked that question, what is her answer? I'm Osgood. I'm me. Yeah. 
Yeah, she yeah. actually said, I'm me, which made me think of a shielder a lady, little bit. Lady, yeah. <laughs> yes, I am Lady Me. Her answer is, essentially, if you want to know who I am, get to know me. Stop trying to figure out which label I am. Yeah. Today we could, you know, on a on a smaller scale, we could say which political party, or are you left or right, or are you whatever. Instead of trying to figure out which category of yours that I fit into, instead of trying to figure out which label you can slap on my forehead, get to know me because I'm Osgood. And then when it breaks down and there's not two of them anymore, there's only one, she protects the secret even harder. Mm-hmm. I am still me. I am still both human and Zygon. I am Osgood. Get to know me. All right. So her name is Petronella. Mm-hmm. The doctor's first name is definitely not Basil. <laughs> so I'm going to bring us down to the um, the age old debate: Is Osgood a companion? Uh, yeah. Well, she doesn't go on Trip any says adventures. Definitively, yes. Corbin says she doesn't. She's been traveling the TARDIS. She's been in enough episodes, and she has (laughs) been a prominent enough character. But she did turn down being a companion. Yeah. Ooh. So, all right. So, at the very least, we got to say she's a companion that never was. Yeah. Right. She goes. She goes on the list with Astrid and the other ones whose names I can never remember. (laughs) Lady, lady. uh, What the crap was her name from the? The flying bus episode. I don't remember. Can't yeah, I don't know. But anyways, she definitely goes on that list. So is, is that where we leave her? Are we happy with her being the companion who never was category? Yeah, because she turned mm. down being a companion. I think that's the yeah. that's the defining that's the, that's, line. Okay, so we can argue about she did go on the TARDIS or she didn't go on the TARDIS. So you know, does that make her a companion? But Trip saying, she well, said no. She no. said no. <laughs> she said I'm not going. So, okay, so going back to uh, the episode where the, um, what was it? Was it the Mummy on the Orient Express where the engineer guy ended up on the TARDIS? He rode on the TARDIS. Yeah. Right? But he said no. But, yeah, he said no. He turned him down. So I think I like that trip. We're going to add that to the definition. If you say no, whether you you take one single ride or, or, you know, whatnot. If if you're you're with the doctor for a season – and he asks you, come with me, and you say no. I, I don't know about that. <laughs> so Martha isn't a companion then. Because she said no. Because eventually she said no, yeah. Uh, well, no, because she did say yes at some point. Yes. He did ask her to That's go. True. But you know, the other thing is, in Classic Who, we had we had a doctor who, I, I, think, I think the third doctor literally never went on the TARDIS, right? Uh-huh. What? He, the third doctor is the one who got exiled by the Time Lords to Earth and they stripped him of the knowledge of time travel. So at the beginning of his regeneration, he huh. falls out of the TARDIS on Earth and then he, the third Doctor, he, by the way, uh, this was John Pertwee who was kind of the James Bond Doctor. Yeah. You know, it was yeah. like a, He had a car instead of the TARDIS. So the TARDIS was always there at unit but he never flew anywhere. He never went anywhere with it. It was broken. And one of the one of the ongoing bits with him was fixing the TARDIS. And when he regenerates into the fourth doctor, that's when he like fixes the TARDIS and leaves. I think the third doctor never left Earth. So that would mean any uh any companion he ever had wouldn't qualify because they never rode on the on well, the TARDIS. I can't remember what our definition was, but I thought we changed it to be it continuous episodes. It changes all the dang time. 
I know that much. Like if you appear in multiple episodes in a row, not you wrote on the TARDIS. Yeah, I don't know, something like that. So um, so she is a companion who never was, and we'll we'll leave it at that. So I'm gonna ask you guys, which Osgood did Missy kill? Did she kill the humans uh the human Zygon? <laughs> did she kill the human Osgood or the Zygon Osgood and why? I think she the... killed the Zygon. Why? Because I'm sure that Zygons, they're not limited to just copying humans. They can probably copy, you know, like anything, including other Zygons, I guess. Or, or other humans, for that matter. Wait. Yeah, but I feel like they never established the fact that, like, a Zygon can copy a copied Zygon. And that's how <sighs> they were a, the second, third, third Osgood was able to to come to be i don't know like oh so uh so you're saying if if the zygon osgood is the one that survived missy then that would mean that bonnie copied a copied osgood is that what you're saying yeah and you're saying that's too far yeah that's an interesting point i just found the one thing okay The the zygon was the one that died because if they were to copy the glasses, the glasses couldn't have broke. Whoa. Because it would be part of the Zygon. The glasses wouldn't be able to come off and break. I don't I'm, think that's how it The works. way you get around that, though, is it's been, it's been a while. It's been a year or two, so she just got some glasses. If she was the Zygon Osgood, she just got some actual glasses. Because remember, she's got the inhaler. Why would she just get the glasses if the other one that copied her came in with See, glasses See, that rule too. is weird. Wait, what? She had glasses too when she, when the other Zion stepped out from behind her. Bonnie, yeah. When Bonnie She had glasses on. What was the okay, rule yeah. that allowed them to like copy clothes, but not inhalers or whatever the crap? It's part of the, of their body. Like it's it's attached to them. So like if Osgood took off, like if a Zygon copy of Osgood took off her glasses and held them in her hand, that's fine. But if she set them on the table, like she couldn't set them on the table I mean, it's because it's part like of her. The clothes are physically attached to her, though. That's They're what we're led to believe. Touching though. her, but, but that's that's what we're led to believe. No, I mean the actual, <clears throat> the actual Osgood, the human one. They're touching her, but it's not like the clothes are a part of her, right? What's your point? So it feels like the thing is, like they wouldn't be able to tell what to copy. Like just copy all of it. Like to say, oh, the clothes that are touching her, we can do that. But the inhaler in her pocket—that's a step too far because it's not actually touching her. Well, no, because what stops them from uh, copying uh, a table if she has her hand on a table at the time? Well, you can, but then she she just can't ever let go of the table. Yeah, so if I'm like standing on the ground with bare feet, then I can't be copied or something because they will have the ground attached to their feet. I guess they have control over what they copy. Well, then why not copy the... Oh, they didn't know... They wouldn't know it was there. What? The inhaler? The inhaler. Because they, she physically needed the inhaler. She had asthma. She needed the inhaler. Yeah. You can copy the plastic inhaler. 
You can't oh. copy the medicine inside of it, <clears throat> presumably, because that would be her squirting her own body into her own mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Misted you're, body. You're welcome. Mm. All right. So, Trip, who do you think Osgood ki- uh, Missy killed? Which Osgood? Um, the Zygon. You say it was the Zygon as well. Because of the glasses part, I think. Because of the glasses. I say that it was definitely uh, Missy killed the Zygon Osgood. Two main reasons. The doctor said he knew that the human Os- he he knew that the Osgood in front of him was the human Osgood because if the human had died, then the Zygon wouldn't have been able to hold the form. We've talked about this, right? Yeah. <clears throat> when he said this, Osgood reacted like she'd been caught. She had this look on her face like, oh crap, he figured me out. And then she says, oh, but that was the old way. Now Zygons can keep their form if they don't need the information anymore. Which which sounded like Why wouldn't you kill Clara? Because Clara is they literally sitting in a them. pod, not getting any new information. They did not kill any uh, other... We, we've already hashed that out. That is that is a major plot hole. So this served to add a new plot to the story, but I think that her flinch was genuine. Yeah. I think, mm. I think personally that the doctor was right. And at first I thought that her response of, oh, that was the old way, was just a bullcrap cover-up until we find out, no, this is actually a new plot point for the Zygons. Which I thought was weird that they would do it that way, plus all the plot holes that Corbin brought up already. Um, I agree with you on those. So I, I I think that her reaction gave her away. Now, and the other thing is, I think the ending, where we've talked about, with the third Osgood showing up, which, by the way, where the crap was she? <laughs> she stepped out from behind the other Osgood. A second ago, she was the off the frame. Osgood bro. was walking down the street with the doctor. What are we led to believe here? That she was standing right behind her, shadowing her every step the whole time? No. Out of she, the sight of the doctor? They were the same. They were in the same form. <laughs> then they separated so not only it's can mad. they duplicate, they can also meld yeah. together. Okay, that's yeah. that's great. Except they were wearing different clothes. Yeah. They were wearing completely different outfits, which, by the way, by the way, by the way, that was completely unnecessary. Yeah. How would you think that that would have gone? An absolute duplicate of Osgood would have stepped out from behind the first one, and they would have been exactly the same, wearing the same clothes. Yeah. But they didn't. They decided to give us yet another costume for cosplayers to use. Yeah. Because this character is awesome. So, <laughs> to me, it wouldn't make as much sense if there were now two Zygon Osgoods. Yeah. Yeah. There's no reason for me to say that. It would, it, there's no logical reason for that. It just doesn't feel right. To me, it would defeat the purpose. It's yeah. still, no, it wouldn't. Because if both, if Bonnie buys into the same scheme which it seems like she did it seems like the doctor genuinely got through to her and changed her mind so now she is on board with project osgood then you could conceivably have two zygon osgoods who refuse to reveal whether they are human or zygon they are just osgood and it would still keep the peace it would still keep the ceasefire because the whole point is the ambiguity you don't know which one is which they embody the the ceasefire yeah but i still don't like it 
I, I don't like the idea of now there's two Zygon because Osgood. Because it's supposed yeah, you don't to know be which the is connecting which. point. You can't have right. two that are on the same right. so I think, side. I think those two things together, her yeah. flinch at yeah. the beginning and then that ending, to me, it seems like I think Bonnie was completely restoring the ceasefire. In other words, Bonnie was bringing us back to equilibrium where there's a mm-hmm. human Osgood and a Zygon Osgood. But again, the ambiguity, the thing about the Zygons is you never know. Yeah. You never know. And so in that moment, we know that the one who stepped out from behind the other one inexplicably, we know that one is Bonnie because they say yeah. that. But then it's also immediately said that wow. the other one, we don't know if she's human or Zygon. And it doesn't matter because the ambiguity is what keeps the peace. Because if you don't know, if you, excuse me, if you can't label someone and you have to get to know them, then they can't immediately be thrown in the enemy bucket. Yeah. And I love what they said at the end is I will reveal which one I am when people stop caring about it. The day will come when I will reveal and that day will be when people stop caring, which is either to say, I'm never going to. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, or when it, it stops being or, the first thing that people ask me. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Corbin, what were you going to say? Do, did they say that the one that stepped out from behind was yeah. Bonnie? The doctor says, Bonnie? And she says, yeah. She does. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I was going to say. That's the only instance in these two episodes of one of the Osgoods revealing their true nature. Yeah. Because I was going to say, oh, look, the the one has the clothes that she was wearing earlier. Yeah. The, yeah. So that's the human one. And then the, mm-hmm. the other one is the Zygon, oh, that's, yeah, Bonnie. That's... But then I was like, they totally could have swapped clothes. You yeah, don't even know. Easily. There's no reason to think one or exactly. the other. But if they actually said it, then. Yeah. So apparently Ingrid Oliver, who plays Osgood, she has her own headcanon that she, in other words, she decided which one she was playing, which Osgood survived, but because she's epic, she won't tell. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Because, because, because it doesn't matter if she said if if Ingrid Oliver, then by the way, this was in some behind the scenes interview or something. If Ingrid Oliver said definitively, she came on, you know, Stephen Colbert or something, mm-hmm. and she goes, "Oh no, that was totally the human Osgood." It wouldn't matter because it didn't happen in the show. It's yeah. not canon. It doesn't matter. But she made it even more official. Yeah. To yeah. me, to me, Ingrid Oliver knows. To me, Ingrid Oliver is the only one who knows. Stephen Moffat doesn't even know. Ingrid Oliver is the only one who knows, and she proves that she is the only one who knows by not telling anybody. I Mm -hmm. love it. I love this character. Mm -hmm. I love that actress. I want to see her in something else. (laughs) I think she never decided, but she's just (laughs) pretending like it. Her deathbed. Even even better. On her deathbed, she's like, I never truly decided. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure which one I was. <laughs> That's fantastic. By the way, I love it's, I, I use the term headcanon very loosely there. Are y'all familiar with that idea? Yeah. No. Head headcanon is the canon that you decide in your own mind. Mm. So, you know, you have decided, Trip, it is your headcanon that the uh that the human Osgood is the one who survived. Yeah. In your headcanon, 
that's the way it is. So it doesn't matter, right? It, yeah. it, it doesn't have any impact on the actual show or the universe of the show. But in your mind, that's, that's the way it is. That's what it is. Right, right, right. So that's that's the idea of of, of headcanon. Um, and what's funny is there are a lot of actors who have that. Yeah. Uh, mm. Jenna Fisher, uh, who plays Pam in The Office. There's all kinds of crap that she says she has her own thoughts about. You know, she has her own backstory for Pam and, and all oh. this kind of stuff that she literally has written out. It's fantastic. So anyways. She wrote a book about it. Uh, <laughs> no, she wrote, she wrote it in her uh, journal and whatnot. So guys, that brings us down to the classic Who connections. It's a Zygon episode. You're going to have classic Who yeah. connections. So let's hear what Jared has to say for us today. Hello, noobs in the Whovian. This is Jared with your classic Who connections for the Zygon invasion and inversion. So the, there was a brief reference to the previous Zygon invasion from Classic Who, which we talked about the last time we saw the Zygons. Uh, that was Kate that was mentioning it, and that was from the serial The Terror of the Zygons with the Fourth Doctor. Kate also mentions that the attack took place in the 1970s or 80s, so again we have a reference to the unit dating controversy that goes back to the Third Doctor's and Fourth Doctor's time with unit uh, again, that's because we have multiple references of the time that that is and no explanation as to why. Uh, presumably, it's, it was just an error uh, in, in the show. Um, but there are people that have their theories uh, that can fit in universe as to why all the dates could work. Uh, you can go look that up again if you want. Okay, moving on. Kate names Harry Sullivan as the naval surgeon that created the Z-67 anti-Zygon nerve gas. Now, he was a companion of the Fourth Doctor. I don't remember if we mentioned Harry that much. Uh, he was one... He's a great companion. Uh, I love his... Uh, the, the, him and the Fourth Doctor, I, I love their... The, the rapport that they have together. And, and uh, remember that the Fourth Doctor isn't uh, very um, emotionally close with his, uh, with his companions. So, uh, Harry was... A good guy. He 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 did a lot of great things in the show, but uh, at times a bit of a, a, a klutz. And now klutz isn't necessarily the word, but he he uh, was the result of some pratfalls for the show. So um, we we have uh, that the doctor refers to him as an imbecile, and uh, that's exactly how he refers to uh, Harry in. Classic who also in the serial Revenge of the Cybermen, uh, that's the fourth doctor called him that because he started a rock slide and he tried to remove a, a Cyberman tomb without disabling the, the booby trap uh, there. So he, he triggered a known trap and, you know, he, he, he did these things from time to time. And so while he was called an imbecile, it, it was maybe there was love behind it or, or maybe the doctor was just frustrated. You never know with some of the doctors. Uh, also... We have that the uh, Kate mentions that uh, Harry developed this anti-Zygon gas in Portion Down, uh, which is where Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart said that Harry was, uh, that Harry ended up after traveling with the Doctor. Harry ended up there in the serial in the modern undead. Uh, so that's uh, connecting those uh, together also. Now, the the white and red shirts or, or white with uh, red accent shirts uh, with the question marks on the collar that Kate's, the, the Osgoods wear, um, that, that the Osgoods wear, they, 
And that was part of the fourth, fifth, and sixth Doctor's outfits. Uh, you might remember seeing those in our Classic Who rewinds. So apparently there was a portrait of the first Doctor in the unit safe house right near the stairs. I totally missed this, but thank you to all the uber nerds out there that spot these things and put it up on the TARDIS Wikia. We have it for your Classic Who connections today. Uh, Kate Stewart describes her gunfire when escaping the Zygons as five rounds rapid, uh, which is the exact phrase that her father, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart, used in the serial The Demons, or Demons. And uh, finally, we only saw the Zygons once back in Classic Who, and I mentioned this uh, when we first talked about the Zygons, when we first saw them in New Who. Uh, they, we only saw them in that serial, Terror of the Zygons. They were mentioned two or three times later. Uh, Lethbridge Stewart mentions it as, as d- people, you know, baddies he fought with the Doctor and uh, things like that. And the Seventh Doctor, I think it was, mentioned them once. But they, they're, they're mentioned, but we don't see them as characters. They're, they were kind of a one-off baddie or a monster. So I think, uh, and this wasn't in the uh, TARDIS, you know, uh, the TARDIS Wikia uh, about the Zygons or, or Doctor Who, but I think this is the first uh, baddie that was not a serial character in Classic Who that New Who has taken from Classic Who and expanded on. Uh, that, that, you know, we only saw them once. I, I can't remember anything else that this happened. So that's kind of interesting. And and it, I think it's a really great choice. I think there's a lot that of great that they set up with the Zygons in the past and a lot that they uh, did with the Zygons uh, here, you know, knew who. So I, I think that's very interesting that they did that. And that's all that I've got for you. Um, I, you know, it's interesting with the two episodes here, I didn't care so much for the Zygon invasion. I know it's tough. Uh, you, you know, maybe we're we're supposed to give it for a, a rating for the whole, and that's fine. I'll get to that. But uh, the Zygon invasion was setting up the Zygon inversion, of course. So there was a lot. It, it was a lot slower in the first one. Not not as much really going on. But I, I don't know. It just I I felt like uh, they could have done more with it. Uh, but the Zygon inversion, I, I enjoyed more. So uh, averaging the two, two together, I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 question marked callers. Uh, you know, not callers as in calling on the phone, but callers uh, as in, you know, what's at the top of your shirt around your neck. And uh, then finally, creep levels. I wasn't that creeped out by the Zygons. I don't know if they intended them to be creepier. I mean, they're creepy looking and all that, uh, but they didn't. They didn't really set the tone for me that that's necessary to creep me out or, or have any psychological uh, creepiness of it. So uh, just 50 creep levels there just for the look of the Zygons, because uh, that if I if I was face to face with the Zygon, uh, that would be kind of creepy. And for the fact that you never know if you're talking with the Zygon or not. So, um, again, not enough to go beyond that, but yeah, 50 there. All right. Thank you to the TARDIS Wikia, as always, and thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. That is crazy, Jared, about the uh, Zygons only having one story in yeah. Classic Who. I could have yeah. sworn they had multiple um, because I thought that they, it seemed like they came to yeah. New Who with a lot behind them. So, A, that blows my mind, and B, that's really cool that they are the only 
uh, one-off character, one-off baddie to, to make it to new who that is, that is really, really cool because they, they came back for the anniversary. Like that's, that's a pretty prominent place for them to have, uh, you know, reappeared. Um, and then, oh geez. And then to, to go do that and then come and do this episode, uh, this, or this story Mm -hmm. rather, um, is just amazing. I'm going to kick us off. Uh, Jared basically said, you know, the first one was meh Crappy. and the second one was good. And so he averaged them and said seven out of <sighs> 10 question mark oh. collars. Was the first one then like a four? I, that's what I'm wondering. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to take this. I usually take it as a story. And I would say mm-hmm. if we should have sat down and watched these back to back, that's what should have happened. In hindsight, I would have made us do that. Because the first one was such a letdown if you don't immediately go into – if you watch it as a, like a two-hour episode or an hour and 30 or whatever, um, I think the story is amazing. Yeah. And you just watch it like a movie that takes a while to get rolling, that kind of thing. Yeah. So with that in mind, I'm giving it 9.5 out of 10 Osgoods because of all the stuff I've already talked about. So yeah, who's up next? Um, I guess I'll go. Um- all right. I think really the first episode wasn't that bad. Like if it, wasn't it was bad. if it was, it was just, just the first episode, yeah. it would be like Jared has a seven. I think that would be if it was just the first episode, but like they came to a conclusion at some point. Yeah, yeah. It would be like a seven or a six point five. <clears throat> if but, if you rated the first episode, you would give it a seven. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. And then the I second agree. one, basically the last ten to fifteen minutes. <laughs> right, right, right. Is what gets it um, up really high. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 hybrids. Just Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Corbin? Uh, all the stuff <laughs> y'all have said. <laughs> you know, it's slow. So I'm going to say 8.5 out of 10 really bad skin conditions. Oh, I'm putting that in Really the bad spot. skin? Is that for the guy? Yeah. That <sighs> got changed back and then changed himself back and couldn't hold the form and had a bubbly face? And he looks and like he was going to throw up about every two seconds. Yeah, that guy was rough. <laughs> that, that bit where he they had like the part of his face like <laughs> bulging out, that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and by pretty good, I mean absolutely horrible. <laughs> absolutely horrifying. <laughs> In the best possible way. Uh, so creep level, uh, Jared gave it 50 and I don't know. I don't, they are a little silly. Like they're, they, they look menacing, but they're yeah. just not. They're not scary. They're and I I think maybe at least for this episode, that was intentional because we were trying to humanize them. Pardon yeah. Uh, so so that we could get the message about war. So I, I don't. I think that they toned them down a little bit. So I don't know. I'm gonna go 75 out of 500 creep levels. Mm. Trip, you went even lower than that. Uh, I think the only scary part was the the makeup on that dude. <laughs> that was that was bad. Yeah, and that was, that was really rough. the teeth on the Zygons. I don't know. Something was up with those teeth. They were pretty Just, gross. Yeah. Yeah. So twenty. I mean. Oh, by the way, much. side note: I mentioned this to y'all before we recorded that um, there were three guys who were credited as Zygons, mm-hmm. which means even though we saw maybe let's just round it up and say ten or twelve individual Zygons, That's generous. It was just yeah. It was three guys used mm. over and over again. So no matter what they looked like in human form, 
when they became a Zygon, they looked like one of those three guys. <laughs> and I told you guys, I really wish that the scene where Bonnie was shifting back and forth from Clara to her natural state, I really wish that they'd have put Jenna Coleman in a Zygon costume Man. and had her switch back so it was her face peeking out from that <laughs> costume. I really wish that they'd have done that, but they yeah. just they just used one of the stock Zygon guys. So can't believe y'all guys did this to us. I mean, you let you let everybody down. <laughs> <How dare you? laughs> Dang, uh, Corbin. I, I love it smells like barbecue in here. There's a little oh. in the air. Oh. They could have said burnt hair or something yeah. like that. Like, barbecue. Why no. did they turn into balls barbecue? Barbecue sounds by good. The, by the way, I mean, by the way, barbecues. Smells. She said it smells like barbecues. And I'm like, that is British. British that is, people that is not Texas. Love, it smells bad. It smells like barbecue. Right. <laughs> barbecue is a What are you insinuating? Are you, yeah. yeah. That's right. That's right. So what's what's your rating out of five hundred quote? I'm gonna say ten. I don't know. I just wow. love how they they Grinch turn into person. electricity crackling hairballs and just they stay that way. Electricity forever. Oh uh, yeah, apparently. Oh uh, Ele- yeah, just electronic tumbleweeds. Right. <laughs> Electric tumbleweeds. Uh, so guys, that just brings us down to the game plan. Next week we continue season uh, uh, season nine, episode nine. Is that right? Uh, Wait, yeah. Can you? Did I have that right? What? Yeah. It Was is. this episode eight? Okay. <laughs> We're going into the next episode. Uh, Sleep no more. Which wow, I told I told the boys we're going to find out dreams are just aliens. There's no such thing as vampires; they're aliens. Werewolves are aliens. Dreams, aliens. Uh, Anyways, after that, we're doing face the raven. Nothing real special there. But the following week, we're going off the rails, going crazy. Whoa, yeah. Uh, We're going to split up heaven sent and hell bent. They're listed as this season is weird. There's a we bunch had, of two-parters. We opened Things up that with, sound with like back-to-back two-parters. Yeah. And then the next one we said was a two-parter, and then we well, backtracked really and wasn't. said it's not a two-parter, but it said to be continued, but it wasn't listed as part one and part two. Now we're going to get to uh, Heaven Sent and Hellbent, which are listed as part one and part two, but once you get there and watch them, you realize they're not. They're not. <laughs> it's just, here's the next story. Duh. I mean. um, so... Uh, for both in-universe reasons that that I just mentioned and the production level of we actually did this one once before yeah. as a flash forward episode. Um, so we are going to, we're not just going to re-release that episode into the feed. No, no. I think we talked about that once upon a time. Yeah. I think just... when we originally did that, we said, and then we'll just re-release it. And now that y'all have like, don't sound anything like you did back then and would probably punch me for doing that. Not to mention the joke at the start of the episode would not make sense anymore. If we what, was the, what was the joke at the beginning? Oh, where? Uh, yeah, yeah. It got exactly. lost in time. That's right. We don't even live in that house anymore. <laughs> we have moved again. Um, so yeah, we are going to cover Heaven Sent again as a standalone episode and then cover Hellbent as a standalone episode because I really do think that they deserve, it would not be it would be like covering the girl who died and the woman who lived as one yeah. as one podcast episode. It would not have been fair. It wouldn't have worked. It would have been too much to talk about. So it's the same thing. So once we get there, make sure that you watch those independently. If you watch them together, oh well, we'll we'll cover <laughs> one and then we'll cover the other one. Um, and then uh, then we've got I think a couple more episodes left in the season after that, right? That or is that the that's not the end of the season, is it? I don't know. So, <laughs> I think there's a there's there's more. I think maybe there isn't though. I'm trying to. I'm not up. looking, so I don't know. There's, like, <laughs> there's three more episodes or something like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hellbent is actually the season finale. Really? Oh. Uh, yeah, because remember it's a 12 episode season. Remember? Oh, remember that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 12 only gets 12. He doesn't get 13. He gets 12. <laughs> 
Ah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then after that, um, we are going to uh, do a classic who that is on the eighth doctor. And I think, did we talk about the master plan yet? I think we talked about the master yeah. plan. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the eighth doctor is going to be a fun thing because it is going to be a bleed over. It's going to be the end of our classic who rewind. Uh, as we've been doing it, one per doctor, but then it's actually going to also be a master story. Wow. And so it'll be kicking off in a, in a sense, the master plan, even though we, we have seen the master in other classic. Bah, yeah. You know. uh, so that'll, that'll all be coming up and then it, it gets a little crazy after that. Don't forget. I think this is, this is the, the bit where we have uh, two back to back Christmas episodes. So we're going to yeah. split that up some by doing a timey wimey. And then we're going to also do our parallel universe episode uh, covering Doctor Who and the Daleks, that that classic 1965 movie that everyone knows and loves. Yes. <laughs> that everyone knows and loves. Everyone knows and loves yeah. it. Whenever you say Doctor Who, that's they think, that's oh, they you think. mean Peter Cushing? Yeah. Right, yeah. yes. I'm, I am familiar. Mm-hmm. Guys, Noobs and the Hoobian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's always smaller on the inside, getting smaller every day. Your yeah. senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Our audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. The production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for the trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections. And shout outs as always to Victor, Jared, and James for their Patreon support. You can find us over at Facebook.com slash Noobs and the Whovian. Twitter.com. We are at Noobs Whovian. You can also email us at Noobs and the Whovian at gmail.com. Head over to Noobs and the Whovian.com for all of these links and more, including the full show notes for this episode. Wherever you found us, uh, make sure that you subscribe, leave us a rating, and share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. As always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoobie, and these are my sons, Corbin and Trip. And, and we're, we're the, the news. news. Until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. <laughs>